Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for a privilege, for an opportunity to come before you this morning and worship you. God, we pray that everything that has been said so far this morning, the songs that we have sung, the words that are about to be said would be a blessing and an offering of sacrificing to you. God, this morning, I just pray that the next few moments you would use in a special way. Not because of me, but in spite of me, Father, use the words that will be said to touch each and every one that's here. Father, I pray that you would allow us to open our ears and let you speak to us. Open our minds and let us understand all the challenges that are here before us today. God, we pray that you would open our hearts. Let us be touched. Let us be changed. God, today, let us be broken, even if that is what you need to do in our lives. But most of all, Father, we just pray that because we have come to worship you, because we have invited you into this hour, we pray that your, your presence be made known to each and every one here. And because we experience your very presence, that we would be changed in a different person when we walk out the, these doors than when we first arrived. God, we thank you for your love, your ever-enduring love. God, guide us in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sunday after Thanksgiving, how many of you are exhausted this morning? Everybody take a deep breath because I think you need it. Maybe we need to just do a, a little bit of stretching and, and waking up this morning, but I'm glad you're here. You know, last Sunday I challenged those of you that were here to tear off the perforated sheet in your order of worship. How many of you were here and remember that? It's interesting. There's about 150. That's not too bad out of 500 that express thanks, right? But in preparation for today, I wanted to hear from you about your thanksgiving, about, about what you were thankful for, and it's interesting. You know, we talked about family, we talked about friends, we talked about our church, we talked about salvation and God's presence here in this place. We talked about the, the thanksgiving for this church and for the ministries and the missions that we were on. We talked about jobs. We talked about the privilege of looking for jobs for those that are without these days. We expressed gratitude for housing, for roof over our heads. We express gratitude for our friends, especially our friends in, in faith. So thank you for uh, that kickoff and, and final preparation for what we would talk about today. Today we conclude Thanksgiving weekend of 2016. And for some of us, yes, we're exhausted and we just take a deep breath and say, thank you for getting us to Sunday, right? Um, but today is that day that we transition from Thanksgiving into Nativity. For some of our stores and from our, re our retail establishment, they forgot Thanksgiving and started Christmas on July the 4th, I think, as decorations and advertisements and things started coming up and filling our stores. I wonder, I wonder what our perspective is and from where our Thanksgiving comes. I read an interesting story this week, a short little story that I want to share. 
In Budapest, a man goes to a rabbi and complains. He said, Rabbi, life is absolutely unbearable. There are nine of us living in one small room. What can I do? The rabbi answers and says, take your goat into your house with you and come back and see me in a week. Very challenged, very distraught. The man is incredulous, but the rabbi insists, do what I say and come back in a week. A week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before, and he says, we cannot stand it, rabbi. The goat is filthy. Rabbi says, go home, take the goat out of the house, come back and see me in a week. So the man goes home and does what he says, and he comes back the next week. And he comes back as a radiant man and returns exclaiming, Life is beautiful! We enjoy every minute of it. There's only nine of us in that room and no goat. (laughs) Two weeks and two different attitudes about space and life. I wonder how we come to our perspective in giving thanks. See, really, the situation hadn't changed from the first time he went to see the rabbi to the last time he went to see the rabbi, except the removal of something that they didn't appreciate. What is our attitude about giving thanks? Think 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 28 is a passage I'd like to share. And challenge, I think, because it talks about this journey of life that we live together. This call to giving thanks appropriately. And there it reads, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you, brothers, before the Lord, to have read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Man, what a way to end this first letter to the church at Thessalonica. A prescription for life, a prescription, a demand, a a call for, for the people of God there in that first century church to give appropriate thanks. Listen to this list again. Acknowledge those who work hard among you. Hold them in high regard. Live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. 
Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. Do not pay back wrong for wrong. Do what is good for each other. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. And give thanks in all circumstances. Man, wouldn't life be great if everyone around us followed that path to giving thanks appropriately? Wouldn't our lives be better if we could only follow and do those things? But man, life brings challenges and it gets hard to come to that place. If I've ever heard a plan for Thanksgiving, for the church for Thanksgiving of 2016, it would be this passage of instruction. A passage to find peace, a, fa- a passage to find grace, a passage to teach us how to live among each other and to impact the community around us. Man, wouldn't that be great? If the church could be held responsible these days for impacting the community around us rather than so many times the other way around, the church called to a way to live. And to end everything, give thanks. How many, are you, how many of you are grateful today that this passage says, in everything gives thanks instead of for everything give thanks? Anybody join me on that? You know, the reality is we can, in all the circumstances, give thanks in those circumstances. Because ultimately we know God is in control and God is going to guide us through it. And God is going to help us find the other side and on the other side truly be able to give thanks. To be able to give thanks for those things becomes a little bit more of a challenge for me. And I'd say probably for all of us here today. But how do we, and how do we in and as the church deal with giving appropriate thanks? Or do we at all give thanks? You know, the reality is, and the challenge I think for the church today is, where did Thanksgiving Day come from? Besides a government proclamation that the country needs to come together and give thanks at least once a year. But I wonder in the church how many of us relegate even our thanksgiving to once a year. But I also wonder how much thanks is given all at all when you look at the fact that it becomes more about turkey and football and travel and what used to be Black Friday that's becoming Black Thursday Friday. We can't even get through a day without changing the focus of what the day was originally intended. Jim Dennison shared some interesting trivia this week in his devotion on Thanksgiving. Some of these are humorous, but the last, I think, is a great challenge to us. He shares that domestic turkeys are slow-moving and unable to fly, but their wild relatives can run up to 25 miles an hour and can fly at speeds up to... 50 miles an hour. If Benjamin Franklin would have had his way, the national bird would have been the turkey. So I guess his question then was, would that mean that we would be eating the bald eagle on Thanksgiving? Macy's Day didn't sponsor the first Thanksgiving parade. That honor goes to Gimbel's 
a department store in Philadelphia that sponsored a parade in 1929, four years before Macy's. And on Thanksgiving Day in 2007, two turkeys earned a trip to Disney World. Those were the ones that were pardoned by George W. Bush. And they were flown from the White House to Orlando, and those two turkeys were the grand parade marshals of the Disney World parade that year. But here's another fact that I think challenges who we are as a country indeed, but who we are as a church as well. When he states that Thanksgiving is American holiday, is the favorite American holiday for only 2% of our citizens. Thanksgiving becomes our important favorite holiday for only 2% of our country's population. Hey folks, the church is more than 2%. What has happened? What has happened that we can't say that Thanksgiving may possibly and should possibly be that favorite holiday of the country? What can be said in reality if that be true? But I like the great words of the great philosopher Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown says, what if, what if today we were grateful for everything? Think about that. What if today, what if tomorrow, what if Tuesday, what if Wednesday, what if Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and again next Sunday, what if we could be grateful for everything today? What if? I wonder how that would change our life. I wonder how it would change the life of the church. I wonder, I wonder how it would change the impact of the church on the world around us. I think those are good words and a challenge from Charlie Brown. But I wonder also of which of the two categories we would find ourselves even today. Would we be found as one like Charlie Brown calls us to be, as thankful for everything today, or would we be found only in that 2% of the country that could even say thanks on Thanksgiving Day? I wonder. I know for some of you, it really doesn't necessarily describe or mean that they are exclusive from one another, but what if they are? And how do we express our thanksgiving appropriately? Clement Stone once shared these words, If you are thankful for all that you have, what do you do? Think about that for a moment. If you are thankful for everything that you have, whether that's a little, whether it's some, whether it's a whole lot, what do you do to express thanks? He finishes that, system, that, that statement with, you share. What do you do if you are really thankful for all that you have? You share. And while I can tell you that there are many, many in this congregation who share abundantly with your resources and your time and energy and your faith and your hope, 
I wonder in the larger perspective of the church, especially the American church today, in this it's mine kind of world, where we live on a whole lot of privilege, expectation of mine and reliability on stuff, how do we really get to a point of appropriate thanksgiving? How do we get to a point of appropriate thanksgiving that would lead us to sharing? You know, the percentage of income that is shared back to the church today from church members has dwindled all the way down to about 2 to 2.5%. Two Man, that's something the church ought to be really proud of, right? How do we get to a point of sharing appropriately what God has given us? I'm afraid somewhere along this journey we call life. We have forget, forgotten the many ways that God is provider. It's the reason we read that scripture a moment ago that talked about all the things in the nation of Israel. And if you'll go to that passage of scripture in the Psalms, that love and his love endures forever is in every place that we read it today. God reminding the people of Israel there of all that he had provided. And it's because that he loved them and because his love endures forever. And it continues to endure today. I'm afraid that as a community of faith together, in many ways we have forgotten that we are called to be thankful. But we have also, I think, forgotten in many ways that we are called to support each other, to share with each other, to, in, to share with the community around us, and to make a difference in the community in which, to which we have been called. Called to live, called to minister, called to rub elbows with our co-workers and our neighbors to make a difference in their lives. A call to appropriate thanksgiving and a call to an appropriate response. I know that in many ways this year has been challenging for many of us in this congregation and many of us in this country and many of us around the world. The situation in our community, in our country, in our world has challenged many of us, if not all of us, in numerous ways. But I think the challenge for the church is to be the church and to impact society around us. To understand that God is God and God is the one who has given us everything that we have, whether that's a little or whether that's a lot. And what we do with it is our call to appropriate stewardship, our call to response to what God and who God is. Today it seems that the call to the church must be, to each one of us must be, to recognize that God is constant and God is always faithful. And we are, as this passage in 1 Thessalonians calls us, we are to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances for this, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Today, will you? Maybe the better thing is to ask, can you? Can you join in this challenge? As we close today in this meditation service, 
I want to call us to a time of silent reflection. Just spend the next few minutes in conversation with God. Allow Him to draw you to an understanding of those blessings that He has offered to you. And let Him lead you to appropriate sharing and giving of thanks. At the end of that time, Brother Wade will come to share final words. Let us pray.